Welcome to the BWFA Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast series brought to you by Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. This podcast is informational and not a specific recommendation. Please consult with your financial advisor. I recently noticed that next month, my wife and I are going to be celebrating a rather significant wedding anniversary. 25 years ago, next month, we got married. And it reminded me that as a newlywed, whether you're young newlyweds or second marriage newlyweds, regardless of what stage you are in life, there are financial decisions that go hand in hand with marriage. And where we find ourselves coming into the end of the summer season, wedding season, so to speak, I thought um, some discussion about merging your money when you marry uh, would be helpful. So the first step, wherever you are in life after marrying, would be to map out your financial future together with your spouse. Discuss your financial goals. Make a list of your short-term goals, your long-term goals. Are there kids involved? Education, vacation homes, cars, you name it. Anything that is not sort of a regular day-to-day expense, you're probably gonna want to map it out. Determine which of your goals are most important to you. Obviously, some goals may be important to one spouse, some to the other. Find some common ground. And once you've identified the goals that are either individually or collectively a priority, and you can agree on them, you can focus your energy on achieving those goals. Another important step in this process is going to be a budget. You're going to want to list all of your collective income and expenses over a certain period of time, could be a month, could be a year, either way, just make sure it's apples to apples comparison. And it's important to have a discussion with your spouse so that you can understand how you will manage the budget. Will one of you be in charge? Will both of you be working on it? Will you maintain records individually or collectively? So on and so forth. I encourage both of you to be involved in this process to some extent. I find when I meet with a married couple these days, let's say they've been married 20 or 30 years, if one spouse has done all the financial work, it usually means the other spouse really doesn't know a lot about what is going on with the finances. And there are lots of reasons why it's beneficial for both spouses to be informed. That doesn't mean that the quote-unquote non-financial spouse has to pay bills, but they ought to be involved to some extent. The other decision that you'll have to make as a newlywed is how are you going to handle your bank accounts? Are you going to keep them separate? Are you going to make them joint? Are you going to be have some combination of both separate and joint? That would be my personal recommendation, a combination. But at some point, you want to decide how you're going to handle that. There are advantages to uh, both ways. Um, you know, 
If you have one account that is a joint account, it makes the record keeping a little bit easier. You don't have to worry about monitoring two accounts. On the other hand, it can be a little more challenging, speaking from personal experience, when your spouse doesn't record expenditures uh, or deposits and you're trying to figure out how much money you have in your account. So again, uh, you can weigh the pros and cons and discuss which is best for you. The other uh, aspect uh, is credit cards. So, you know, you may want to think twice before just adding your name to your spouse's credit card. Um, it's important to consider all of the implications, and there actually are some implications, especially if you have very different credit reports. You're going to want to think a little bit about how you do that. If uh, one of you in the marriage has had some challenges with your credit, uh, it, that can impact the other. And so you want to think again about how you are maintaining your uh, joint credit line, if you will, um, how you're maintaining your credit cards. Uh, keep in mind, you can always add an authorized user to a credit card and your spouse can have use of a credit card on your account as an authorized user, but it doesn't impact their uh, credit report in any way. Um, and the spouse with the issuing card is the one who's financially responsible for the payment. So there just are some decisions to make in that regard. Another area to consider is insurance. You're going to want to look at your respective health insurance coverage. So let's assume that you're both working and you both have health insurance offered by your employer. You're going to want to look to see what are the differences in your plan and your spouse's plan, both from the benefit and cost perspective. Might want to think a little bit about does your family have any health concerns that are better addressed by one of your plans rather than the other. So there are some uh, considerations. You also are wanna wanna think about home insurance or if you're still renting, renter's insurance. You're gonna wanna think about auto insurance. Potentially you could save significantly on some of your day-to-day -day insurance expenditures like car and home and renting insurance if you're pooling that into one policy with one company rather than separate policies with separate companies. So there are some things to consider uh, in addition to uh, the potential for discounts by pooling. You have to keep in mind that if one of you has a driving record that's not so enviable, it could negatively impact the other. So again, you know, have an honest conversation about what the details are, whether it's insurance or bank accounts or credit scores, and map out a course that will benefit both of you long term. And then, of course, finally, it comes to investing. You want to take advantage of your employer-sponsored retirement plan, a 401k, a 403b, or thrift savings plan if you're a government employee. Hopefully, both you and your spouse have enough income that you can both participate in your employer 
sponsored retirement plan. You should be aware of both plans characteristics. Review the characteristics carefully. Make sure that you determine which plan provides the best benefits if you can only afford to contribute to one plan. If you can afford it, you really should try to participate in both plans. And clearly, if your employer offers a match to the contribution, you want to take advantage of that. Determine a strategy so that you can both take advantage of that matching benefit. You also may want to look at vesting schedules. If you've, you know, either or both of you have recently started a job and you're at an employer who's in uh, um, employer uh, sponsored retirement plan has a particularly long vesting period. In other words, you can't get uh, the employer match contributions out for five years and you know you're going to leave in two years. You may want to take that into consideration as you plan your married finances together. So again, the most important aspect of all of these topics, whether it's the budget, the bank account, the credit card, the insurance, the investing, it's communication. Sit down, have a conversation, and come up with a plan that works for both of you. Thanks for listening. For questions, more information, or to schedule a conversation, please contact Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Past performance is no measure or guarantee of future returns. Investing in securities involves risk, including the risk of principal. The securities and services mentioned here may not be suitable for every investor. You should discuss these with your advisor prior to making a final determination based on your risk tolerance, your investment objectives, and your financial situation. Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor.